G'day there. This is the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast with your host and fellow battler, Mike Holt. The Bloody Aussie Battler brings you news, interviews and commentary on the political shenanigans in Canberra and around Australia. So grab a beer, settle back in your favourite recliner and let's hear what the criminals, liars, thieves and traitors have been up to. Do you know that by 2030, as many as 800 million jobs could be lost worldwide to automation? Future Blackboard is an educational platform for developing emerging careers, jobs and skills. Future Blackboard offers courses designed for the future. Are you concerned about cybersecurity? Future Blackboard is offering a course on how to spot and beat hackers, prevent tracking, browse anonymously, and counter government surveillance, as well as master the tools for antivirus, malware, and disk encryption. Future Blackboard is offering a special price for just $65 in cybersecurity and anonymity. Enroll now at www.futureblackboard.com and click on Courses on the menu. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on Merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. I've got... A new guest on the show today. Her name is Monica Evers, and she lives in Bendigo. Monica and I have known each other for quite a long time. And Monica, you uh, recently went down to see Phil Galea. In fact, I think you went down there today, didn't you? That's right. I did. Okay. For the listeners who don't know who Phil Galea is, he was arrested three years ago under the Anti-Terrorism Act. He was thrown into jail and he's been sitting in solitary confinement for three years without a trial. Now, this is a a real travesty of justice. And I have been talking about Phil on the show quite often. And there's also a few articles on the CIR Now website. But, Monica, you went and visited him today. Yeah. Can you tell us about him and what your thoughts are about it? Well, look, Mike, you and I have... Uh, look, as a watcher of what's been going on in, in our culture, um, I noticed when Phil Galea got arrested and I went, oh, okay, because what they I – th- I felt it was a political arrest because at that time the, all the terrorists that were being arrested were Muslim. And finally there was a white non-Muslim terrorist that police could then parade and I thought well there's something here and I felt very disappointed for the movement do you know what I mean that that we had somebody who was considered a terrorist and so I kind of kept the you know how you watch with one eye open what's been going on Mm. and I noticed 12 months down the track there was no trial and then we started talking about um, two years down the track there was still no trial of this guy and it's it started to get, this is starting to get really wrong. And then when you told me um, that he had actually, he was also in solitary confinement and we're heading into three years, as an Australian, this is just not fair. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, every 
Islamic terrorist that's ever been in Australia, they've had their trial within 18 months. So how come there's this guy who's white, Australian, sitting in jail and not getting his right, you know, a Magna Carta right of being able to go to trial? I know we've got terrorism laws, but those terrorism laws are there to protect our country. But it means also the people... Well, well, that's what they were brought out to be. But mm. in this case, no, this is a travesty of justice. Yeah. So, in fact, these laws and all laws since the Australia Act 1986 are illegal and unlawful and yeah. unconstitutional. I think so, when, they, when they first came in, though, Mike, you know, we were hoping that those anti-terrorism laws, I think Abbott was bringing that kind of stuff in, was to safeguard the terrorism that we were starting to experience in Australia. Well, safeguard us from the terrorism. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I know. And I never thought it would be used against us. That's, no. you know, like mm-hmm. Australians. And that's what I feel has happened with Phil. So even though Bendy goes um, nearly an hour and three quarters away from where um, Phil's is at Port Phillip Prison, mm. um, it's taken a while to actually get to speak to him and then get access and then get the visit teed up. Um, it's one of those things. That it just takes a long time. We were able to go down... Um, today and visit him Mm. and I have to say I've never been to a a maximum security jail and it is a bit daunting the staff were good can I tell you I was very very happy with the staff they were very friendly helpful um, no complaints really great support there Um, even in the you know the waiting room because they have a separate waiting room where you wait until they call you and then they come and collect you and take you through Mm -hmm. Um, there were red cross volunteers who were there serving tea and coffee to um, people who were coming to visit Mm. so the environment is is trying to make the best out of a bad thing but once you go inside oh my god it is it you can feel it's just austere you know and I just went, they put me into a, um, there's only three three boxes, so to speak. Like Phil, Phil's under complete isolation. Mm. Um, and they just said for me, they, they put me in this room, they locked me in, and it's a small, it's, you know, like it's not even the site. The pair, the two together would be like a dunny. That, that's how big it is. Good Lord. I know, it's not very big. And um, there's glass between it. There's a, a switch if you want to get out. Um and essentially, you just talk into a speaker, and and he, you know, he comes in on the other side. So I was there waiting for about five minutes, and they brought Phil in, and they locked the door behind him, and he sat down. And mm. my first impression, you know, he looks healthy. Um, he's got a, a really good beard. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a beard when he went in. Yeah, well, it's it's a good beard now. Okay. Um, I found him soft intelligent, well-spoken, articulate. Uh, We had a a, a rave about just the general what's Australia like, what's going on, and I just found myself in in furious agreement. You know when you get two people together that agree on so many things? Mm. And he said, look, you know, I'm a conservative person. What I would consider myself is I'm the majority of Australia. And I think that I said to him, you know, we did the ABC compass, a lot of the people when they brought that thing out. Mm. And most of the people on all the pages were centre conservatives. Yeah. Feels no different. He's not this right-wing nutter. He's actually just speaks what the majority of Australia is thinking. Mm. So that was the first thing I, I really noticed. 
But the thing that really struck me, Mike, was he needed eye contact. And I know that sounds really weird, but I don't know what's going on. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be three years in solitary. And I said to him, I thought that was illegal. How can they do three years? And they said, well, they keep switching jails and they can start the term all over again. So essentially, he's had three lots of one year. But because one year is legal, no one adds up the three years. But he's had three years. And you can tell it, number one, he craves to have eye contact. So mm-hmm. I found it really difficult because as an Australian, we always turn our eyes away a little and we come up and have a look and then turn it away. And I found it very – I had to keep reminding – I had to keep trying to get myself to look into his eyes so that he would get that one-on-one. Mm. And I spoke to other people about it and they said this is – they crave it. But it's a craving to be seen, to be recognised when you're in solitary, when you've been in for such a long time. Yeah. And also his eyes were um, kind of a bit, bit darty, which said to me, he's been in too long. You know, like we need to, we need to help him. This is, this yeah. is not right. You see that hangdog look on dogs that have been locked up for a long time too. Yes, no, yeah, exactly that, Mike, exactly mm. that. Mon, before we go any further, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for going and seeing Phil because I've been on the, on the podcast here. I've been asking for people to go and visit him and you're the only one that has. Now, I know, you know, we all have our lives to lead, but if any listeners uh, can make the time, Phil is in a prison down near Laverton in Victoria. Yep. And um, if you can take just an hour out of your day to go and visit him, um, please write to me, email advanceaustraliahq at gmail.com, and I'll put you in touch with the prison so that you can go and visit him doesn't take much and as monica said you know when you get there the uh, the prison guards and the uh, and the red cross are there to look after you uh it is daunting to go into that place and i had a chat after uh, you called me today mon yes. uh with somebody else who was actually put into a solitary confinement for three months and he said at the end of the three months he, he was tearing his hair out and it was dreadful and it was a very small cell about eight by ten foot. He said he just had a bed, a toilet, and a sink, and even the mirror on the wall was stainless steel or, or you know, polished something or other, metal. Um, and you've got four walls to look at. That's it. Mm. You've got nobody to talk to, and you just sit in this cell doing nothing. I mean, how debilitating must that be? He now, for Phil to endure this for three years, I, know. I can't even imagine it. Well, he said that the only conversation he's been able to have is shouting, and the way he put it was under the doors. So they must get down on the ground and shout out to any other prisoners that are within Kui. Dear me. And I and I think now, um, after all this time, I, he said that he was granted a um, computer, but he can't. Of course, he can't go online. No. But at least he can use it to type things out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's been sending me letters all along the, the three years, um, and I did notice that because a couple of years, well, a year or so ago, he got the computer and he was able to print out the letters to me, which made it a lot easier to read because his his handwriting is not the best. Mm. But uh, I mean, as you said, he's articulate when he writes to me. He is very clear about what's going on. He's told me about the case and. 
he sent me lots of information which I have here um, I'm not going to talk about his case this time because I want to talk I want to get your uh, feelings about visiting him mm. and you know just talk about the human person who is stuck in that cell yeah well I I I think what keeps him going is that he knows he's not he's he's not guilty. Yep. You know, he and look can I tell you all he wants is a trial. Yes. All he wants he he said to me today that he just wants to he's hoping that he can get a fair and the word is fair trial hmm. this side of Christmas. Unlikely. One, yeah, I know, but 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 this is I said what can we do for you and he said please please just help me get a fair trial. And now, does that sound like somebody who's a terrorist? No. No, it sounds like somebody who's trapped in a system where they're kind of needing our help to get them a basic right, which is a trial. Yes. And under the Magna Carta and common law, we are entitled to face our accusers and be tried in front of 12 men, good and true. Correct. Uh, men and women. So, and yet poor old Phil hasn't had that privilege or, or right actually it's not a privilege it's a right correct and the, of course the the police the federal police and the state police um are, are trying to keep him out of court they've they tried to declare him insane correct that didn't work he actually managed after a year or so to get to a psychiatrist who talked to him and said there's nothing wrong with this guy he's as sane as me yeah um so you know, then, as he said, they, they keep moving him around in an effort to uh, restart his sentence. What sentence? He hasn't been sentenced. He hasn't been to court. No, it's that's It's just right. disgusting. And if this is the type of government that we have in Australia today, we are living in a, under a communist dictatorship. It's that simple. Well, the thing is, if we don't stand up for him, then we're next or, you know, somebody we know is next. This is where we've got to start, fight, you know, the, the fight for freedom. Freedom is something that's easily lost, but it's something we have to fight for daily. Mm. And, and I, when when Phil first got, you know, um, arrested, I thought, well, okay, you will have your day in court and, and it'll be proven yes or no. Mm. But, you know, to see two years down the track he still hasn't faced court and now three years down the track he still hasn't faced court, you have to go, there's something wrong here. And Absolutely. from his perspective, he's saying that um, – they don't have a case against him, and that's probably part of the reason. And yes. he's already thinking about what, you know, the, the what do you call it, when you can go the state for false imprisonment. Do you know yes. what I mean? he's going to sue them. Yeah, well, I think... And they that, know this. Uh, I think they do know this. and But his, 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 there's two concerns he, he wants. One, he wants a trial. The second thing he wants is a fair trial. And there's something, there's an anomaly that's happened... The, one of the judges who presided over, um, he, I think he submitted some evidence and that wasn't accepted by the judge. That judge has now become the um, prosecutor. Yes. The state. How can that happen? And he's allowed to prosecute Phil even though he's actually not allowed some, in his capacity as judge. He's not allowed some of his evidence. And I think there's something not quite right in QR about that. And that's why he's he's worried he's not going to get a fair trial. I think people in Australia are entitled to a fair trial. Mm. And I think three years is just too long. Well, long. you know, he's not the only one. I mean, uh, there's a guy up here at Noosa called Elahai Priest 
who was mm -hmm. taken into the um, under the Mental Health Act and uh, put into the Nambour Hospital where they tried to inject him with psychotropic uh, drugs. Um, he was only in the in the hospital for a few days and managed to get out. Uh, my business partner Pete, Pete, sorry, my business partner Peter, down in Adelaide, was arrested last week and taken into a hospital. With, and he's a, a very serious diabetic, and he cannot take um, uh, uh, synthetic di diabetic drugs. He has to take the natural ones, and they tried to inject him with the synthetic diabetic drugs, which would have killed him. And they also tried to, they did inject him with psychotropic drugs. And when he woke up, he was chained to the bed, spread-eagled, and they were That's, injecting him. No. So, oh, yeah. I mean, this is going on all over Australia. And I'm sure there are other people who have been, uh, who face the same treatment. This is a communist dictatorship. This is no longer the Commonwealth of Australia. And we can thank Whitlam for this and, and Hawke and all the other prime ministers of both sides of the political divide. And there we, lies the problem, the political divide. It's the two wings of the same bird. And they don't give a damn about us because now they are bringing in their new world order under the United Nations. We have lost our rights. We have lost our government. We have lost our freedoms. And they're just rolling over the top of us. I'm, uh, I'm inviting listeners who have been harmed by the political party government system to get in touch with me now and I will conduct more interviews and expose the crimes and treason that these people have been committing. So, Monica, I want to thank you from again from the bottom of my heart for going to see Phil and exposing this because if we don't speak out, who will sp uh, speak out for Phil? Who so will speak I'm, out I'm for the others? I'm going to ask um, that listeners now start thinking, you know, I, we have to get behind him mm. to get him a, free, a, a fair trial. He doesn't want any special treatment. This is the whole point. All he wants is a fair trial. And you know what? As a basic right, all Australians, we just believe that people should have a fair go. Yep. And I'm, that's for me, that was my number one reason to go see him because it's no longer right. Mm. It, this is not fair. And I think a lot of Australians would actually agree with me, regardless of what they think, left, right, you know, centre, um, politics, tread, he's entitled to his day in court. Absolutely. And this is not fair. Yeah. No, it's, it's very disappointing that um, more people are not standing up for him. But uh, hopefully now that you, uh, our listeners have heard what you've got to say, and I hope with a little bit more understanding we can start to unite as Australians who care about each other and defend Phil and his rights and freedoms. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Monica, I want to thank you for, for coming on to the show and helping us to understand what's going on and uh, keep up the good work. And I know it's a long drive for you to go and see Phil. Yeah, so yeah it, it was an entire day virtually. Yeah, but thank you very much. And... Uh, Next time you see Phil, please give him my best regards and uh, he knows anyway that I'm out here and fighting for him and hoping that uh, one day he'll be, he'll be able to come up here and meet me. That and, will be great. Uh, I will, uh, when he does get his day in court, I will stand up as a witness for him. And mm. if anybody else out there knows what's been going on with Phil and his case and can contribute uh, evidence to uh, support Phil, Please get in touch because 
Phil needs all the help he can get. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, Monica, thank you very much. No worries. See ya. Well, after all of that, I think we need to cheer things up a bit. Years ago, up in Thailand, I met a girl called Kessany. Didn't go out with her for very long, but she was very beautiful, and I wrote this song about her. And it was one of the first songs I ever recorded. And I hope you enjoy it. Listening to the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast.